baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Friday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And uh, our top story is an update to what was our top story last Friday. Jeff, you weren't actually here last Friday, but this was our top story last Friday. I believe it. Yeah. We uh, And I, you know, I can't recall if we had actually done the podcast when news on this broke um, last Friday. Um, or not. Uh, in fact, I think it was a solo effort by me. So I can't remember if we did it or not, but uh, in the podcast, I know we had it on the news, um, mm. but there was a shooting incident outside of Westover Hills uh, Elementary School last Friday in which a 26-year-old woman was killed. Uh, there was a man who suffered an assault injury, uh, basically was hit in the head with a, a gun, not shot, but was you know hit over the head with a gun. Um, and they arrested a teen um, it was either over the weekend or earlier this week. Um, and now that teen has been charged with murder in this case. However, the more interesting uh, part to this story is that the person that was killed, uh, shot and died, was a family member of the teen that is now charged with murder. and. And it's a complex the, story. I think I tried to explain this right. to you about three times. <laughs> but it's not the, uh, you know, the, the woman was also not the intended target either. Yeah, and that's that's what it seems like. It absolutely, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. couldn't get police to, to you know, exactly spell it out for me. Yeah. But if you read between the lines, it appears what happened was, as according to police, three people, the 26-year-old victim, Imani Hill, um, I believe it's Imani Hill. I don't actually. Yeah, I think Imani Hill is correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, a the teen who is now in custody. Yeah. And a third family member confronted another person, a man, in front of Westover Hills um, Boulevard, uh, in front of Westover Hills Elementary School, um, and there was an altercation during which. Both the man was assaulted, the non-family member man was assaulted, and shots were fired. When those shots were fired, um, the 26-year-old was wounded, was taken to the hospital where she died. If you read between the lines, it sure sounds like. Yeah. Um, So what were the charges of this teen before murder? Um, Originally, it was malicious wounding. Okay. Um, and possession of a firearm on school property and possession of a firearm uh, by a person under the age of 18. So before today, we just had a charge of basically, I'm not even sure if this is the same thing. Would they call it pistol whipping? Well, I mean, it was just, it was just malicious wounding. I mean, it was, you know, basically. I mean, you assault. say you hit, hit someone with a gun. Yeah. That's the, with actually not hitting them with a bullet from a gun, but actually hitting right. them. With a gun. Yeah, I mean it's it's assault, it's malicious wounding is basically yeah. what yeah. it is. And then today's charges included uh, murder, attempted robbery, which 
I did not get an explanation for it, but that's likely part of the altercation. Sure. It's like, we want um, something you've got. Right. And then um, two charges of use of a firearm in the commission of a felony and use of a firearm um, by a, and I want to make sure I get this correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was use of a firearm, commission of felony, and I think it was used by a person uh, uh, underage. Okay, underage, because the, the the person arrested for murder is 17, right? Um, yes, yes, yeah. the, the, the team, yes. So um, it, it was interesting that, you know, we, we were hearing all of this information originally, and now we find out that there's a lot more to this yeah. altercation than, than well, we originally You know, had. since their charges before were not murder. We knew something was coming because the woman was dead. So I'll be, I'd be interested. Now, mind you, I am not a lawyer. Okay. I am not a police officer. Let me stress that both of these things. We we say what we're not in every, of every podcast. We're not, we're not any of these things. I'm interested as to how the murder charge comes about. Cause you would have to believe that there, there was, not the intent at the beginning of this right. or even during this to kill the other family member. Right. But they did this in consultation with the Commonwealth attorney. And I have to believe since the Commonwealth attorney, both a lawyer. the lawyer and the police <laughs> are law enforcement officers that they know what, what they can prove. And, and, and it took a week to bring these charges. Yes. So they had to puzzle this, I'm sure yes. to figure out what the heck went on. And to bring the correct, what they believe are the correct charges that they hope will, you know, so, you know, eventually lead to some kind of conviction in, in, in you know, in court. But, you know, so, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's interesting. Yes. So I'm interested to see what, why, why that is compared to manslaughter, for example. And, right, and it could right. be what other crimes were going on along with it and how well, that, cha- yeah, yeah. And if, if the woman were, were killed by accident, involuntary manslaughter. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's, you know, it. It, it, it's interesting on why there's no attempted murder shoot. You know, it's, it, yeah. I'm actually beginning to raise more questions that I should have asked during the interview with police. Then <laughs> we're going to have our own of uh, uh, episode of Law and Order soon yes. if we're not careful. <laughs> dun, dun. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so we can call this we can call this episode the one where Matt sings the Law and Order thing, but not <laughs> not so much that we run into trouble with the copyright issues, right? Um, so though they probably actually uh copy copywritten just that that two note thing be careful we got (laughs) now we've now we've got two copyright violations Uh, (laughs) so um not to make light of this story but it's it's a complex story um and and became not not more interesting but became more complex as we we got to, to understand exactly how this confrontation well came. some stories when they unfold we we get to hear a little more about what happened and we certainly yeah. did in this case exactly exactly so um moving on from that story um the CDC late yesterday um came out with a recommendation to put the covid-19 vaccine um on the recommended schedule of vaccines for children starting in 2023. And it sort of started to take a little bit of a life of its own online among the Virginia political class, especially um, Virginia Republicans to stress. And the CDC stressed this as well. 
being on this list doesn't mean it's a required vaccine. It's just recommended. It's recommended. Uh, and the not a requirement, recommendation. Yeah. The governor's said, you know, we're not going to adhere to the CDC mandate. Well, it's it's not, not a mandate. mandate. No. Um, and the Speaker of the House, Todd Gilbert, said, okay, it's not a mandate, nor will it become a mandate no. as long as he is Speaker. There's only two ways for it to become a mandate for, you know, for children to have it to go to school. And that's through either the Board of Health, through the rulemaking process, which he right. says, if that went that went that direction, it wouldn't be until 2024. Or if the General Assembly mandated it, and he says, it, if I'm a speaker, that ain't happening. Right. No. But basically, any state could require this. Right. right. And yeah. I will tell you, just from my research, there are 20 or so states that actually prohibit it from being a mandated yeah. um, vaccine. Um, so it was it was interesting to see that that come up as a, as a political issue. Uh, then again, it shouldn't be surprising after three years of this that it that is, has come up as a political issue. I will say we talked to UVA Health today. They have a Friday briefing uh, where they talk about a number of topics, be it COVID, be it monkeypox, be it uh, flu. Um, today, it was a lot of RSV actually as well. Oh, um, yeah. But they, um, in Virginia, a lot now, RSV, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, it's the, as it is national, a lot of RSV cases, but we asked them about this uh, being on the schedule, the COVID-19 vaccine. And first of all, the doctor that we talked to said, yeah, yeah, it's not a mandate, not required. There are many vaccines on the list that are not required vaccines, but uh, she likes the idea that it's on the schedule because it's a good reminder that, Hey, there needs to be consistent protection against this. Right. So. And certainly, you know, it, since it's recommended, they're not going to, yeah. you know, come at you if you got it or if you don't. Right, right, exactly. It is not. It is a requirement. Not, it is not the Tdap vaccine. It yeah. is not the meningitis vaccine to go to college. Do they still require a um, uh, TB or tuberculosis or? Oh wow! It's been a while since my kids had uh, had. Uh, you know, had to go through the required vaccine. I mean, my, my, my daughter to go to college needed to have um, a TB shot. Well, it was meningitis. I actually think meningitis. Okay. Meningitis. Well, that makes sense for sure. Um, but um, I, and my son, you know, for the, for, for recently going into um, uh, middle school and high school had to have, um, I want to say it's the, the TDAP. Or, yeah. Yeah. Which vaccine. is a bunch of uh, vaccines yeah. together, right? And but when- I, I don't remember the TB vaccine. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, and and I went to school in, in New York and they have a different schedule altogether. And oh, yeah. those sure. have all changed since then because, you know, they're, you know. I think growing it, up in Illinois, yeah. I had to have a TB. Diseases shot. have changed a lot. In- yes, they have. I've probably had a, you know, decades since I had shingles or may not shingles, but uh, a scurvy vaccine or something. I'm so old. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, but, um, but again, so this is not going to be required. People don't need to say, oh, well, you know, I'm not doing it. I'm not, you know, how am I going to get my kids into school? It's it's not a requirement. It's just recommended. So just, just to be clear, because there are people saying, you know, you're, you're seeing online potentially that it is mandated. It is not mandated. And, and will not be mandated more than likely anytime soon in Virginia. So, according to Todd Gilbert. According to Todd. Well, I, and and he does have the power to prevent absolutely. that from happening. Yeah, I mean, if there's anybody who could say that, it'd be Todd Gilbert. Todd, absolutely, absolutely. Um, moving on from, from that, um, quick story, another school-related story. That's uh, all we do anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, another lawsuit in Hanover. 
Yeah, um, the ACLU has filed a lawsuit uh, on behalf of a Hanover parent. And unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to talk to the ACLU today. We might on Monday, uh, but they didn't have any uh, uh, attorneys uh, present uh, this late Friday afternoon to talk to us today. And that's completely understandable. Uh, but uh, they say in this lawsuit uh, that uh, the uh, the transgender policy that was adopted by the Hanover School Board, I believe in late August, yes, uh, was very burdensome. And of course, the family that is filing this lawsuit has a transgender child. And uh, this, very briefly, without going into the weeds of the lawsuit, uh, also joins another lawsuit that was filed by a Hanover family a while ago before a policy was even adopted by the Hanover School Board, quite simply saying the Hanover School Board has no policy. Yeah. So this is the second one to be filed on behalf of a Hanover family uh, against the Hanover School Board as filed by the ACLU. And just to just to remind folks that the basic gist of the Hanover policy right. was um, there, there that was, yeah. you, you basically had to appeal to the school board, right? So to to be able to use the bathroom conforming to your gender identity, right? Yep. And and and, 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 the, and their policy was a year late um, from from when it was required, right, right? And then right after they passed it, the model policy changed. And that's another thing that you have to you know figure out with this is like, well, the Hanover, of course, uh, came up with their policy before the model policy changed. Right. So, of course, the model policy itself may may face a legal challenge. It, yeah, you just well, there's just lawsuit after lawsuit that's potentially coming here. Yeah, yeah, this is this is this is going to be an issue for a while. Yeah. Expect us to be following it for a while. So um, moving on to another story that, that you handled, um, voting. And now we're now we're into the voting block. Of, and you'll understand why I'm calling it a block after we talk about the next two stories. The voting block uh, of our podcast. Um, yeah. Governor well, we heard, um, restored yeah. some rights. Yeah, uh, we heard from the uh, governor's office today that uh, Governor Yunkin announced the restoration of uh, civil rights for over 800 formerly uh, incarcerated Virginians. Now, this was done last week, and that's the the timeline is important. Not only the fact that we got this released today, and it happened last week. That's really not the issue we're we're talking about. But these rights were uh, restored to these uh, people uh, last week in time for uh, the registration for voting in the November eighth election happened, which was this past Monday. So, um, Governor Yunkin, this is something that happens with every governor, Republican or Democrat, that they uh, there is a process to uh, to go have your rights restored, civil rights restored, which not only includes voting, but if you if you uh, have your civil rights restored, you can run for public office, you can become a notary public, you can gun ownership. Uh, well, actually, that's separate. You're right. You're right. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Go it's firearms is not included. You have to go before a circuit court judge for that. But I uh, see. Uh, you know what? I I vaguely recalled that being something different. But you you know that you say that you are correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, but basically, you can vote. You can serve on a jury. That was the other one. And uh, you can um, uh, run for public office and become a notary public. 
But you cannot have your firearms rights restored until you petition before a circuit court judge. You're right. You're right. And now I remember this step. See, this is this is the problem when you cover too many stories. Um, <laughs> it's, it does tend to run together. I, the, the argument back when when we had this issue during the McAuliffe um, uh, administration, um, the argument was, well, hey, if they're restoring all these other rights, a circuit court judge is much more likely to restore gun rights fairly simply because all the other rights has been restored. Yeah, I and I'm not sure now. how, you know, how much of a rubber stamp that is, because right. if you have right. all these other rights restored, maybe a judge takes a finer look and a closer look at your history and why you're in jail in the first place. I don't right. know. Right, right, exactly. Once exactly. again, we're not judges, but, you know, <laughs> but, uh, um, but, but Governor Yunkin, you know, said in the release, you know, he's a believer in second chances and all this sort of thing. And he's happy that these people have uh, paid their debt to society in in this way. And uh, there is a website where, I mean, these things aren't just, aren't just, you know, they don't, it's not an easy process to have your civil rights restored. Yeah. But there is a process you have to go through at uh, restore.virginia.gov and it gives you all the, you know, if, if anyone's listening in, in, in prison right now, they want to get their rights restored. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's basically how you go about doing it. But it's or, not an easy thing. It's or, not, if they're, or if they're out of out of prison and just, you know, still, I'm, you know, still, right, have, still have their civil rights restored. Yeah. 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 So um, it's a process. Now, let's hope that of those 800 that um, if they received voter notices in either Prince William or Fairfax County in seven towns and yeah. one of those. That they yeah, got the right they information. Get, they got the right information <laughs> to know where they're they're supposed to vote on election right. day because the Department of Elections um, revealed that thirty one thousand people in seven towns in Prince William and Fairfax counties um, received notices that had the wrong polling information. They are sending out new notices on Monday. Mm. Um, what and of course. Prince William County has one of the most competitive races in the U.S. for Congress. Well, they've also all already had early voting. So I imagine when these people went to the polling places that they thought were the correct well, polling places, were they told they weren't the correct well, ones? Well, 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 yes. You know, this is my my turn to provide information. Okay, very good. For early voting, you do it at the registrar's office or at a satellite location. You don't do it at your normal polling place. Okay. So... Early voting wouldn't have been impacted. On election day, you, of course, voted at your polling place. So they should receive the notice prior to election day to be able to vote at the correct. Yep, you're right about that, because, you know, you don't vote at a polling place for early voting, for sure. Right. Right. You know, if I walked into into the uh, gym at the local elementary school today to early cause a big problem. Yes, it would be a very big problem. Yes. Right. And these this day and age, you don't want a strange man walking in the school. Can't can't just go knocking on the gym door asking to vote. Um, (laughs) But um, they're sending out new notices. Basically, what the Department of Elections says happened is that the printer kept the location static on the notice and just printed them off. Well, not only have districts changed, I guess polling places have changed with the redistricting. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, polling places also sometimes polling places just change from election to election. I mean, they Um, don't change. They just change district they change the district they're in. 
And so, and, and it, it may have been, Hey, in these seven towns, you know, like they did a whole bunch of things and they got to Herndon. Herndon was one of the towns that was impacted and they printed them off for a different part of, um, mm-hmm. of uh, Fairfax County. And then all of a sudden they then included them on um, Vienna's, which was another town impacted. Yeah. So. But again, this is fairly big towns. Yes. Yes. And again, 31,000 voters impacted. And I believe now this was not on the release. I've seen um, talk that there were also some potential issues out in Southwest Virginia as well. I need to talk to the commissioner about that. I am interviewing her on Monday and we will get more information. Plus, we'll get just an overall look at early voting on Monday as well. Yep. So. So that's where we stand. So a lot of stories today, a lot of, lot yeah. of, lot of, lot of information. Good Friday. Um, you know, things going on. Obviously we'll keep an eye on stuff over the weekend um, and uh, you know, be back at it on Monday as well. So, yep. so this has been the Friday edition of its news to us. Uh, he's Jeff Stapleton. I'm Matt Demline. If anything breaks over the weekend, we'll, we'll make sure that you know about it, but until Monday, we're done. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Actually, we'll talk to you next week. unless we have to talk to you tomorrow (laughs) baseball season is heating up odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes recap games react to the latest team news and talk to callers listen to your favorite shows for free on the odyssey app odyssey.com your smart speaker or in the car with android auto or apple carplay 